Good morning. You guys look so good today. Man. If you could uh, help help us out to stand with uh, Fellowship Baptist Church here in Cornwall. Their pastor, Josh Taylor, has been diagnosed with some kind of a weird uh, liver condition, which has uh, really been debilitating for him. And uh, we just would like to pray. Uh, we're not posting it. He would rather it not be on social media. His church isn't fully aware what's happening yet. Um, but I said we would stand with them and pray. Let's just uh, believe for a miracle today. Father, we just thank you for Pastor Josh Taylor today. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to heal this liver in Jesus' name. Lord, that he'll be stronger than ever. Lord, thank you for the great work that church is doing, and it would continue in strength in your name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. amen, amen. You know, we hear a lot about you shouldn't text and drive, which of course you shouldn't. And uh, once in a while, um, you know, if you sneak sneak a text and you have a close call, you realize, right, Phew, no, I, I should never text and drive. And, and I think just as dangerous is walking and texting. Have you, have, have you done that? Walking and texting where people over their heads are down and they're texting. So uh, yesterday, uh, Christina and I uh, were... Uh, we're out doing a little bit of shopping, and Aaron asked to go to McDonald's uh, for lunch, and uh, and he won. Uh, it was I was actually none of us wanted to go except Aaron, but anyway, he won, and we got to go to McDonald's. And it was really quiet at McDonald's, and um, I was hoping to get some Wi-Fi. So as soon as I got into the door, um, I, I got under the Wi-Fi and started my head down and started texting, catching up on a couple of things that I was following while we were shopping. And, uh, and so I needed to use the restroom. And so I'm texting away. I get into the restroom and, uh, and I noticed it was a strange, a strange restroom because, uh, it had no, it had no urinals. Um, and I just thought like, this is unique. It had been a renovated. So I thought, you know, so I checked each of the stalls. I thought for sure they probably put one of the urinals in the stall. So I checked, opened all the doors of the stalls. Until I realized I may have made a mistake. And so I opened the door and the stick figure had a dress on. And uh, that could have been really bad. Like, I'm still rehearsing how bad that could have been. Like opening one of those ah, stall doors. And so the moral of the story, don't walk and text either. It's just, it's, it's distracting living and you shouldn't do that. And that I tell on myself. It was funny after because it turned out okay, but man, that could have been awful. Peeping pastor in McDonald's. Man. Shout out to everybody who's online today. Deb McGowan, uh, South America, you and your husband are snowbirds down there. Lucky you guys. Uh, I know you've been in Bogota. I know you've been all over in South America, and you uh, log in each week, and what a blessing. Uh, we love you so much and love that you're still here, even though uh, you're snowbirding there. And uh, everyone else who's online today, thank you for joining us. And in the room, thank you for joining us. I want to talk to you this morning. What do you do with a mountain? This is part one as we're leading up to our Easter series. I know how the story ends. Uh, so I want to talk about mountains today. I grew up in a small agricultural village just west of London, Ontario called Mount Bridges. 
except there were no mountains there. And as kids, we were always curious as to why uh, it was called Mount Bridges. Uh, history, uh, at least some had the idea that that part of southwestern Ontario was the bottom of a glacier lake. And uh, it's very flat, very sandy, as far as the eye can see. In fact, there are not even many hills. <laughs> and so in school, we did learn uh, about our village. And history answered the question, why well, it was called Mount Bridges, a mountain. And uh, Mr. Bridges was the surveyor for the CP rail line between London and Windsor. In fact, our village uh, was initiated because the rail line went through that spot and uh, gave birth to the village. And uh, when they surveyed it, it was the highest point between London, Ontario and Windsor at a whopping 810 feet above sea level. Uh, history said also that if you got up on top of the train station, you could see trains coming and going from the uh, villages uh, to the east and west of, of our village. Say flat. <laughs> it was really flat. There are no mountains. I didn't have a lot of experience with mountains at all. That was my background. First time I traveled across Canada was about um, in 1990, and I went on a trip to Vancouver, and of course, you fly over the Rockies, and I was just in awe, uh, my first seeing them from an airplane window. And I thought even uh, Grouse Mountain was huge in Vancouver uh, and stared at it a lot. A year later, I had the privilege of going to Calgary, and uh, I stared a lot. Uh, mountains! I just, it just, no context for a mountain at all. So physical mountains were new to me, but life's mountains were not. Life's mountains are not new to you either. We've all faced uh, trials and tribulations, difficulties like like mountains are they're huge and and maybe the difficulty that you're facing is long standing, maybe even generational. Something your grandparents had to deal with, something your parents dealt with, something you find yourself now dealing with in your own family. It could be a mountain of addiction. It could be a mountain of debt, a relational difficulty. Uh, health diagnoses can be mountains in our life. Large, immovable, difficult, long-standing things in our life. Next week, we're going to look at Jesus' teaching that we're supposed to speak to our mountains and see them leveled. And uh, I'm, I'm anticipating that. I, I want to I preach that one uh, today, but we really need to do this one first. Uh, what do you do? If your mountain's not moving, what do you do as a Christ follower when you're facing a mountain? You're believing for your mountain to move, as we're going to discuss and look at next week, but your mountain's not moving. I submit to you today that you're to climb it. You're to climb it. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, talking about the children of Israel who had wandered in the wilderness for almost 40 years. It says this as it recounts that story. We circled Mount Seir. We circled the mountain for many days. In fact, it, that word days is, is actually years. We circled the mountain for many years. And the Lord spoke to me saying, you have circled this mountain long enough. Turn northward. 
Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that you're speaking. You're speaking to someone online. You're speaking to people in the room. Lord, about how to deal with our mountains that won't move. Lord, next week as, we, as we're going to be excited that we're going to up, up the expectancy of miracles in this place, up the expectancy of instantaneous uh, things that happen. But Lord, the reality is that sometimes, sometimes the mountains don't move. Not all the time, and it's not supposed to be uh, all the time. In fact, Lord, I think it's supposed to be, uh, uh, it's not supposed to be the norm. But Lord, there are cases and there are times in our life that the mountains don't move. Today, Lord, to those who are facing a mountain and not sure what to do, Lord, help us understand you're going to give us the strength to overcome and climb the mountain. Today, in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. amen. So I want to talk about climbing your mountain that just won't move the children of Israel, as I said, had been circling around for 40 years what was keeping them from getting to the promised land. God had said, you're going to possess cities you did not build. You're going to have milk and honey. And there were all of the promises that God said that I want to grace you with and give you. They're in a land. They're in a place of my promise. The scriptures are clear in Galatians that those promises that were given to uh, the children of Israel are given to us in Christ. God's promises. Say promises. Promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God. But in the same way that they were wandering, not just days but years, they were wandering because something was standing in the way of their getting, getting a hold of God's promises, having that breakthrough, receiving what God had said they should receive. And they wandered and they wandered and they wandered and they stayed blocked. And then God spoke to them and said, it's time to go into the promised land. There's a sense in our nation, there's a sense in our lives, there's a sense in our church of just, there's a, an imminency about what God wants to do. Social media, and I, I'm really, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see all the reports of God moving all around the world. He's moving in Cornwall too, by the way. Yeah, come on. There's a... There's an enlargement, there's an expansion, and our city continues to be blessed in the natural. We know in the natural and then in the spiritual. But there are blessings and victories that have been promised that we haven't taken hold of yet, and God wants us to. And they had to decide that they were going to obey God's word, obey the voice of God, and stop going around what was standing in the way and be, be determined to climb their mountain. You have circled this mountain long enough turn northward. The first thought I want you to consider, and I believe even as I prayed it and as I already said it and the energy level came up a little bit, because I think God's confirming what some of you are feeling in your heart. It's been long enough. It's been long enough. It's been long enough. Why do we circle our problems and our difficulties? That sin pattern that's holding you back. The character issue that you're working on, but it's blocking you from forward motion. The mountain of sickness and health diagnosis can be a, a mountain and a block because the, the enemy will lie to you and say, this is the end of your life as you know it. You might have a difficult diagnosis that you're facing. And, and the enemy wants you just to kind of uh, sit and realize that this is it for the rest of your life. I need to put up with this. Uh, this is going to now define me. This is now going to be what, what's, what, what kind of is, is ahead for me. So even a health diagnosis can be a mountain keeping you from moving forward to get a hold of what God has. That mental health situation that keeps cycling keeps you from the promises of God. Why do we circle 
our mountains. Why do we do that? It's actually really simple. It's really simple. Ready? Because mountain climbing is hard. Mountain climbing is hard. Mountains are intimidating. If it were easy, we wouldn't be circling. But what, what we've believed is a lie that we can't climb the mountain, that it's too intimidating, that we can't overcome. And somehow that even if we begin the trek to, to uh, get victory over an area of our life or get victory over a situation that seems to be blocking us, that we'll get maybe part way and we'll slip and fall or, or, or we'll invest all kinds of energy in this only, only to fail one more time. And the enemy paralyzes us, keeps us at the foot of the mountain, circling it. We can see it. We understand it. We know that it's keeping us from where we need to go, but we begin settling and the Lord comes to say, it's been long enough. It's time to get a hold of a breakthrough. It's time to get a hold of God's promise. It's been long enough. It's long enough that you haven't known freedom. It's long enough that you haven't had that breakthrough. It's long enough that you feel like you're eating spiritual crumbs when there's a whole loaf of bread that God has promised you. That's God's children's bread that he has set forth before us to eat. And you feel like you're still cleaning up the crumbs under the table. It's time to get some milk and honey. It's been long enough. You've circled this mountain long enough. Turn northward. Turn. Turn towards your mountain is the next thought I want to give you that. It's in your notes this morning. To begin climbing your mountain starts with a decision to look at it. See it for what it is. This word turn is the word that when we understand, when we talk about repentance, we say turn toward God. Repentance is, you know, it's really misunderstood, and it's simply a change of your mind, a change of the way you do things, a change of what you've believed, and you repent and believe what God believes about you. You begin, you repent. Uh, we talk about the first step is repentance from our sin, going our own way, thinking that we're God, and we can figure out this life, and we understand that God is the only God, and we turn from our way, and we go his way. We begin to receive his forgiveness and we receive his life in us. But our walk with him is a continual turning from our thinking, our, uh, our lifestyles, and turning toward him. And this, the scripture says, when you determine today, someone in this room I know, because we, we, you're, you're responding, it's long enough. You're, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so you say, yes, it's long enough. What do I do? You need to turn. You need to turn and begin to believe what God has said about you, about being a mountain climber, that you can, you can uh, overcome whatever it is you're facing today. Make the decision to turn toward, to look at your mountain. The writer of Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk, said it this way. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, He's describing a life and a season that he's in that's very difficult. The fig trees have no blossoms. They're supposed to. It's springtime. And there's no promise of a future. There's something going on in there, uh, whether it's famine or drought, that has paralyzed this uh, th where he lives. And there is no promise of anything different. No promise that it's going to change. No promise that it's going to get any better. The fig trees have no blossoms. There are no grapes on the vines. 
Even though the olive uh, crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, <laughs> there's no olives. This was all of their livelihood. This was all promise of a better day ahead. The fields lie empty and barren. Say barren. Your life might feel barren today. Even though the flocks die in the fields, it doesn't get worse than this. The cattle barns are empty. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. Now watch what's happening. He's basically saying, uh, if I take a synopsis, if I look at my mountain today, I have to admit my life sucks. That's just the bottom line. I'm not enjoying milk and honey. There's no blossoms on my life. There's nothing indicating this is going to change. Uh, uh, there's nothing that's saying tomorrow's going to be any better. There's no promise in the natural that this is going to shift. But I'm going to make a decision today. I'm not looking in the natural. It's time that I say it's long enough that I'm living in emptiness. It's long enough that I'm just doing same old, same old. I'm going to shift this thing. I'm going to believe and rejoice that God's got something better for me, that there's a promise in heaven, and I'm going to start climbing this mountain that's standing in the way, and I'm going to see a change. I'll be joyful in the God of my salvation, the sovereign Lord, look at this now, who is my strength. Say strength. Here's the deal. You're not strong enough to climb your mountain. You are not. And so if you've tried New Year's resolutions, you've been stirred in the past and go, I can do this. I, I can climb this mountain. No, you can't. But God in you, and as you access the strength of God in your weakness, the grace of God becomes your strength. He makes me. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer. And it's better understood a mountain goat. A mountain goat. If, you, if you've ever seen a mountain goat, they literally can scale uh, a cliff sides. Um, there's, there's no foothold in the natural for a human, but the mountain goats can climb it. And he makes me as sure-footed as the mountain goat, able to tread upon the heights. Here's what's taking place. Make a decision today to look at your mountain and know that you do not have the strength, but God in you, he is your strength. I want to stir you up this morning. If you're watching online, I want to stir you to believe that as you approach the mountain, this might be the 26th time for you. It might be the first, but I want to encourage you this time, understand as you say it's long enough, as you take that first step, he transforms in, in the stepping, like the story in the Old Testament where they went in and they had seen the Red Sea part. And God parted the Red Sea first, and they went across on dry land. Later, they would cross a river, and God said, put your foot in the Jordan. And when they put their foot in the water, and it's wet, they're going, this isn't like it happened last time. What's going on? And it parted. They took the step first. As we grow in God, God wants you to take a step of faith, and he'll do the miracle. Today, as you step towards your mountain, it's a step of faith. You can take a baby step. You don't have to take, where's Gavin? Oh, he's in roots. We talk a lot about baby steps. I say, Gavin, just take a little step. Just take another one. Just take another one. And uh, today, you just determine, as you lift your foot, before you place it down on your mountain, it turns into a mountain goat foot. He gives you the capacity and the ability to get 
victory over this area of your life. Um, another verse uh, here in the Psalms, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Remember I said you got to turn, turn, it's been long enough. Now we're going to look at this thing. I lift my eyes to my mountain of anger. I lift my eyes to the mountain of greed. I lift my eyes to the mountain of selfishness. I lift my, whatever it might be this morning. Wow, it's big. It's powerful. It's generational. It's never going to move. And then the, the psalmist says, where does my help come from? I can tell you it's not coming from the mountain. <laughs> Your help of overcoming the mountain is not coming from the mountain. In fact, can I say it this way? The mountain's not going to make it easy on you. The mountain is not going to make it easy on you. Where does my help come from? Ah, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and he will make it easy for you. He's not looking for us to sweat and perspire and, and be in agony, but he is looking for us to begin walking, begin journeying, begin overcoming. And he's, as we get a hold of his strength, we are able. Say, I can do this. Come on, somebody who's facing a mountain today, I can do this. If you're online today, type it in. I can do this. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. There it is, highlighted in your Bibles today, highlighted on your device today. He will not let your foot slip. It's a promise from heaven. He who watches over you will not slumber. In other words, if you feel like you're alone in this journey, you're not. If you feel like you're doing this all by yourself, you're not. He's watching over you. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. Say, he watches me. He's not watching you from a distance. He's walking with you today. He's, he's climbing this thing with you today. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Look at the promise when you make the decision to look at your mountain, to take the step towards your mountain. You can climb this mountain. He'll make sure of it. He's going to make sure of it. It doesn't, you don't have to be totally convinced. You just got to lift your leg and begin to put it down toward what's holding you back today. And he's going to transform your feet and cause you to be able. Maybe you've already taken the first step. Maybe you're on your way up the mountain. And the enemy's been lying to you because it's been difficult. He's saying, uh, you need to go back because nothing is changing. Nothing is changing. I want to show you what's happening as you're climbing today. Whether you're just deciding or you're halfway up or somewhere up the descent of the mountain you're overcoming. We read a story in 1 Samuel about how David the psalmist was being followed by Saul, his enemy. King Saul had resources, he had armies, and he had men. And he had determined, he was hunting, literally hunting uh, David, who would be his, uh, his successor uh, by the hand of God. And Saul was trying to stop that from happening. And Saul was literally hunting David down to kill him, to destroy him. I don't know about you, but I sometimes have felt like the enemy's literally hunting me down. <laughs> like, like, I mean, he's hot. I can feel his breath. You know, you're feeling like, can I ever get away from the enemy attack? And God was with David. And David uh, is in a mountainous region while he's, he's running from Saul. 
and he moves from cave to cave. He moves from rock crevice to rock crevice as God is leading him and keeping him away from the enemy. I want you to see this. David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hills or in the mountain of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. Even though Saul had all kinds of resources, even though Saul had men combing, combing the mountain regions for David, they never found him. In fact, there's a really cool story where uh, Saul goes in to use the restroom and he wasn't texting, so he got the men's cave and not the, the ladies' cave. And David was actually in the cave and he cut a piece of Saul's clothing later to show him, you were where I was and I didn't hurt you. Why are you trying to hurt me? And so this, this, this cat and mouse game, the enemy never could discover where David was. And I want you to see the truth of this. I want you to understand what's happening here. As David stayed in the mountain, he stayed in the place of, of overcoming and, and, and fighting through this and moving from cave to cave. David himself wrote, he makes my feet like the feet of deer or mountain goats. In Psalm 18, the same, same verse that Habakkuk said, he trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. I love to shoot uh, archery, and I have recurve bows, and I have compound bows, and they're difficult to pull back. Uh, they're, they're fiberglass and wood. David is using this metaphor that he could literally pull back the the, a bow of bronze. In other words, I have the strength now to do the impossible because I stayed in the mountain. I stayed where God wanted me to be, and he's training me to do warfare against the enemy at a new level and a new height, not just so that I can overcome personally, but like we heard last week as Brittany was talking about us, that we should get freedom so that we can set others free. And she was talking about in the context of parents, but it's also in the context of spiritual parents. In other words, that in our freedom, we can see others discover freedom in the power that God has for them. What's God doing on your mountain? He's teaching you like he taught David in warfare. You make your, sa you, you make your saving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. As you climb your mountain, you defeat the enemy. As you climb your mountain, you defeat the enemy. Now, I want you to understand how you're doing this, how you're becoming stronger. You, you don't even have to. David didn't engage Saul. The, battle, the Lord says, the battle is mine. I'll fight the battle with the enemy. Jesus did that on the cross. But we're staying true to the journey. And when it's difficult and it's mountainous, listen now, God's changing you. You're not the same person that you were when you started out the journey with Jesus. You're not the same person that you, uh, that you were when you put your foot up maybe for the first time, and it may have been years ago. And maybe today you feel stuck halfway up. I want to encourage you. The enemy might be saying it's not worth the investment. I'm not moving on. I'm not going to continue this climb. I'm not going to start this climb. Listen, listen, you got to hear this. You're not the same person. And because you're not the same person, the enemy can't recognize you. You're not the person you were. You see, he's chasing the person you were. 
He's trying to take out the person you were, but you're not that person anymore. And that's the reason Saul couldn't recognize David. He couldn't find David. David, though in the mountain and though being trained, something was transforming in his life. Something is transforming in your life today that the enemy doesn't even recognize you. He thinks you're that person from yesterday, but you're not. You're the child of God today. You're getting stronger. You're getting, you're getting to the point that you can overcome him. And he doesn't recognize you anymore. You might be feel stuck on your mountain. Start your climb. Don't believe the lie that nothing is changing because even though circumstances not, may not be changing in your life, you're changing. And you're becoming the warrior that God wants you to be. No matter what, keep climbing. No matter what, keep climbing. I was reading about a famous mountain climbing resort that's in the Swiss Alps. And it's kind of a beginner, kind of a beginner mountain. Like if you were to go to the Adirondacks to Adirondacks, Adirondacks to do uh, the Cher Mountains in uh, in upstate New York. If you were to go to do a hike there, there's some beginner mountains you should try, and then there's some more. Uh, there's there's ones that are more expert. And this one in the Swiss, Swiss Alps is kind of a beginner one. It's an eight hour uh, climb to the summit. And a lot of businesses uh, will kind of hire out for camaraderie and teamwork, team building exercises. They go to this uh, resort um, to do their do their team exercises. And as I said, it's about an eight-hour hike to the top of the mountain. And uh, so the group, you know, they start at the bottom in the morning. They're all excited. Uh, they're ready. They got their supplies. Uh, they they can't wait to get to the summit. And they're going to do the you know do the selfies. And uh, look, we did it, we did it. And so they're high-fiving and they're all excited and they begin, they begin the ascent to celebrate victory. Halfway up this mountain in the Alps is a restaurant that's positioned uh, just strategically so you can have a rest and, uh, and go in. It's about noon hour, they get there and they go into the restaurant, they take off their hiking gear, they sit down by the fireplace to drink some hot chocolate and eat their lunch. It's warm, it's cozy, it's wonderful. And statistically, half of all of the groups that come through do not continue the climb. They stay in the restaurant. They feel like they've made some ground good enough. I've learned what I need to learn. And they don't. They don't go to the top. And they've lost the understanding that the transformation isn't over. What you were there to learn, you haven't learned yet. This morning, I want to say that... Um, that you're not to stop. Maybe you've been, you feel like you've been confronting this mountain for a while. Today, what I want you to hear is get out of the restaurant. Lunch is over. Come on, it's time to be all that God has created you to be. You're heading to the top. Say, I'm going to the top. Going to the top of your mountain. You're going to overcome this mountain. I want to stir someone up today. There's a story in Exodus chapter 17 where Israel is fighting. And it's fighting one of its most notorious enemies. In fact, it is an enemy that has haunted them uh, their, their whole existence. And in this instance, God gives them a promise that they are never going to see the Amalekites again. And so they're going to overcome this, this enemy, this, this generational enemy. They need breakthrough. They just need something to happen so that they can overcome the Amalekites. Joshua is a warrior, and he's leading the troops. And so uh, Moses says, I'll tell you what, we're going to do something spiritual and something in the natural. In the natural, Joshua, I want you to go down with the soldiers and the men in the valley, and you're going to take on the Amalekites. You're going to fight them, you know, sword to sword, bow to bow, and we're going to overcome them. And Joshua said, I'm going to go up to the top of the mountain. I'm going to go to the top. 
of the mountain. Somebody say top of the mountain. He said, I'm going to pray there. I just know. He knew from God if he could get to the top, victory was at the top. Victory wasn't halfway up the mountain. Victory wasn't in the valley where that battle was taking place. The circumstances, the things that you could see with your eye, but what you could not see or discern with the eye, he knew could be overcome at the top of the mountain. And so Moses said to Joshua in Exodus chapter 17, choose some, uh, some of the men and go and fight the Amalekites. Go take on the natural things, the things that we see circumstantially. He said, tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill or on top of the mountain with the staff of God in my hands. This is why I want to encourage you. Because when he did that, they overcame the Amalekites. He had victory because he went to the top. He said, I'm determined that God wants me to overcome. I'm determined, not just for myself, but for the people of God. This isn't just about me. This is for another generation. I need to climb my mountain and overcome these things in my life so that others will be free, so that others will know what God has for them. I'm going to open the way. I'm going to the top of the mountain. Maybe you've made a decision to move toward God's promises and your destiny. You've started to climb, but things haven't been easy. They haven't always gone well. But today, you don't feel like drinking hot chocolate in the chalet. You feel like Moses. You know victory's at the top. And that's why I'm stirring you today, and I'm believing that you're hearing God say, it's time to go to the top. It's time to win this thing once and for all and get to the top of the mountain. I want to leave you with this thought. As you're leaving the restaurant, as you're leaving the place where you're getting ready to climb, don't climb alone. Don't climb alone. When Moses made the decision to go to the top of the mountain, Aaron and Hur went with him. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. He didn't go alone. Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Stories told that Moses' hands got tired while he was praying. He was determined. He was determined. He went to the top, but he didn't go alone. We just finished a series. No face, no name, no story. And I want to encourage you as you're here at Harvest, and today as God might be stirring your heart, and in a moment the prayer team's going to come forward, and we're going to pray today for those that just feel, I'm, I'm going to the top. <laughs> I'm not being held back. It's been long enough. I'm going to the top today. We want to stand with you and pray. And uh, as you're on this journey, I want to encourage you as you're meeting people at Harvest that you can invite someone to the place of prayer. You don't have to tell them about your mountain. You don't need to fill them all in, although you may want to if you feel that safe and they're trustworthy people. Um, as you journey together, and the more you journey, the more you'll know that. When Moses' hands grew tired, it's tiring climbing a mountain. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. They gave him a place of rest. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other. It's a beautiful picture. Moses still had to do what he was doing. Moses still had to be the one to overcome and go to the top of his mountain. But he didn't do it alone. He had those that comforted him and said, you can do this. <laughs> Come on, Moses, you can do this. Moses, I believe in you. Moses, I know that you're going to overcome. Aaron and Hur held up his hands. It's good to have somebody that will hold your hand and hold them up. Not hold them down. Hold them up. And you can ask. If you know, just say, it could just begin with a request. 
And if, they, if, they, if they're not at the top of your mountain, then find somebody else who will hold your hand at the top of your mountain, of your mountain, one on one side, one on the other. His hands remained steady until the end of the day, sunset, and they knew victory on the top of the mountain. I want to tell you today, this is a room full of victorious warriors who are going to overcome the mountain. Yeah, come on. Online. Today's your day. It begins with a decision. It begins with each step. God's going to strengthen you. It's been long enough. Someone, you're just, you're ready to start. Somebody else, you're ready to get out of the restaurant. Somebody else, you're almost near the top and you were about to give up. But today, today you realize what was missing. You need to find some people who will go with you and believe in agreement prayer for this thing and see the Amalekites, see these enemies of your life, perpetual enemies destroyed once and for all. Let's just stand together today. I'd like the prayer team to come forward and uh, come already to the front and get ready because I, I, just, I, I just know that there are going to be those today Online, uh, you can just text in, pray for me today. We have people online ready to pray with you today. Just before the worship team is going to worship, and as they're worshiping, people are going to move out of their seats and come forward, and we'll dismiss you in a moment uh, to go home. And, and, uh, but just before, just before we do that, if you're here today, and you've never made your first step toward Jesus. And let me explain this. Because the Bible says that God has never left you, forsaken you. And even though we're the enemies of God, literally we run from God. We're born in sin, running away from God. But there comes a time like today in this service or online as you're listening, that you realize that God's not in your life. God is not in your life, but you want him to be. The Bible is very clear. It says, repent. Repent of your sin. Change your mind about what you think about God. And it could be as simple as, I don't think I need God. No, I changed my mind. I think I need God. And what I'm hearing today, I need God in my life. If that's you today, I would like to lead you in a simple prayer to ask Jesus to come into your life, forgive your sin, and begin this journey of life, which is difficult sometimes, but a miraculous, powerful God who wants to walk with you, give you eternal life today. If that's you today, just lift your hand wherever you are in this room. Online, you can text, I'm making a decision today. If that's you today, can I just see your hand? I want to lead you in a simple prayer. Yes, thank you. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? Yes, we all, we get excited when someone makes a decision. Is there any other hands I didn't see? Just lift them up, kind of wave it at me today and say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. Harvest, we know what to do. If you raised your hand or you text online, let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm tired of going my own way. It's been long enough. What I'm hearing today is you have new life for me. I want to be born again. Come in my life. Forgive my sin. I start my journey with you today. Amen. Hey, we believe if you prayed a simple prayer like that, you're born again. You're beginning your journey. Congratulations. We're standing with you. With every head up and every eye looking at me, if you're here today, 
and you're ready to engage your mountain. We have people at the front that want to pray with you. Just come into the aisles, kind of wait in the queue. We want to take our time. We're going to sing and worship a song, and I'll dismiss you in just a moment. We're not dismissed quite yet, but we want to begin this time of prayer as soon as we can. Let's do this. Sing you thank you right now that as your word has gone forth today to stir faith, to encourage, to bring comfort, though the circumstances may be difficult, we serve a God of strength who makes my feet. Lord, you're transforming feet all across this room and online, making us able to do what you've called us to do. I thank you, Lord, that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We bless each and every one. We bless the upcoming week. We bless the assignments that you've given us, Lord. And those that are receiving prayer, we thank you, Lord, for those that will be triumphant. They will be overcomers today in Jesus' name. And every Everyone said, God bless you. Have a great week. Don't leave without encouraging someone. Keep going. Come on.